millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 29 of the official Geekspeak podcast. I am your host, Sean, and joined as always is my co-host, Josh, far apart again, Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Happy Halloween! And... Ooh. Happy Halloween! And... Dun, dun, dun! Because last Halloween I did Happy Halloween Kills, and I'm continuing the trend. Because this episode's all about Halloween ends, and we got our deconference one is ha- uh, Halloween Town High. I know it's a few years earlier than it's supposed to be. We, we did the same thing with Happy Halloween. We did the same thing with Halloween Town 2, bringing it up, and so next year we'll finish the Halloween Town quadrilogy. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? I be tired, but I be vibing. And you are far apart again. I am. We're not in person this time. We were for one time last time. So I'm sorry that all these episodes are coming out within like five days of each other. For the whole month. That's more stuff for you to consume in a shorter amount of time. But it's the whole month worth of podcasts. So the news the past two episodes have been, has been outdated. This news will be really, really updated because it goes out in a few days. So that's fun. But of course, when we're not recording, the news will always be bigger news will just drop. Oh, as always, it always happens. The news will always be bigger news. <laughs> I can guarantee you, as soon as we finish recording this episode, something big will happen. <sighs> How you feeling? Besides tired. Happy? Yeah, I'm been chill. It's general life happiness? Yeah. That's good. What are you going to be for Halloween, Josh? Work. You should be a costume still. I I, I work. Mm. Come in and just look at cat ears, that's it. No, 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 I... work clothes still. I meant, like, costume-wise. <laughs> I've still got the I've still got the banana suit for my film. I could just wear that. Yes, please do that. Okay. Oh boy, we watched a Disney Channel original movie this week. Um, if you're not aware of this podcast, welcome to the show. We do this e- not every episode, many episodes. We're supposed to do every episode, but we do not. Uh, we we'll go through a different Disney Channel original movie from the beginning of time. Uh, yeah, the '90s until now, and we'll see how. You know, quality changes, etc. happen with the, the biggest media company on Earth. This one is Halloween Town High. Again, we skipped ahead a few years, because we're really in the year 2000 still. Because there's a lot of these DCOMs. So, it's going to take a while. Josh. What? Halloween Town High. What was the story of this movie? So, this is a trick question, because uh, <laughs> I think... 
I think we secretly missed a movie between the second one and this one because this one takes place a few years, I think, or something. I don't know. After the second movie, and Marnie, uh, witch girl, is like, I want to integrate Halloween Town with our world. So the best way to do this is to make kids go to high school, uh, but they can't look like monsters. They have to look like themselves because normal people don't like that. But we also want people to like the monsters. Uh, and even though it's called Halloween Town High, uh, we will never actually see Halloween Town in this movie. Uh, and yeah, I didn't like this one. Oh, this is my favorite one so far. Uh, this was not my favorite one. Uh, I think that, I told you this many times now already, this is just an episode of American Dragon Jake Long, just dragged out for two hours. The, the ending of this is bad. Oh, the ending is terrible. <laughs> it's so boring and anticlimactic. It's like, let's just accept everyone for how they are. You know what? You're right! That's I mean, the... your, me- your message isn't bad, but like... The you couldn't have done it in a more interesting way. <laughs> They're doing the fish out of water story again, but this time reverse. But they don't even focus on the fishes being out of the water. Fishes? Am I wrong in my statement? They don't focus on the fishies? No, they don't focus on the fishies. I would say that you're not entirely wrong, but it's also not the point. I feel like it's kind of the point. No, though. it's still about Marnie trying to help with all this stuff. It still should focus on Marnie and... I disagree well, they, with this. But there should but there should be still more focus on, you know, the other people. They don't matter, world. Josh. They're not They're, witches. The whole purpose of this <laughs> one is to, for them to integrate into our world. Uh, this reminds me a little bit of Korra Book 2 with the spirit world things. I'm trying to merge the worlds and what to do or what not to do with that. And, like, do we keep it separate or not? Um, that did a lot better than this did. But Yes, because it's Korra. The story of this, though... Pixel. I don't think I don't know. I'm trying to figure out right now how far apart the it's the movie. It's got to be a decent amount of time. I think it has to be a few months maximum. It it can't it can't I know be because the second up... one was the second one was on Halloween and this movie is being like Halloween's in a few days. So at the least, it's been almost a year. I think okay, I think that's what it is. Then I think they've been trying to debate this what to do with this portal for about a year, and now they're trying to integrate. Uh, Marty's Marty last movie saved Halloween Town from the man who was organizing his socks. That's not accurate. But it's not a, wrong though. <laughs> like yeah, last movie was man with the yard sale. Of the, See, that right there is why it's the second one's my favorite. It's the most nonsense one though. But that's why it works because we're it, we're still in the fantastical weird world and like seeing all this crazy stuff happen. This one we're stuck in the normal world and there's nothing interesting happening. I had more to say about the last movie. Why did he have a time closet, Josh? What? Yeah, Why time. not? <laughs> For if you are not aware, uh, we did, again, Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, last Halloween, so you can go watch that, or listen to that episode a year ago. You can go back in the backlog and listen to that episode. I think it was really fun. I added an audio clip from that movie about a garbage man who was organizing his socks and was trying to find pears, but there were never any pears because it was garbage. So sad. Very sad. Yep. I think one of the things that really disappointed me with this is that clearly, which each with each sequel, their budget keeps going up so they can do better effects and makeup, but they're stuck looking like humans for most of the movie, so we don't get to see the improvements of the makeup and stuff. Okay, the actual plot of this movie, though. So yeah, they're trying to integrate the spirit world, uh, the Halloween Town world, with the real world through a portal, and they're doing a test run of that through putting them in monsters in school. With no training on what American human school is like. 
Or just what humans do. No, I'm studying the eating habits of humans. They talk while they eat. I'm like, oh, okay. Great joke. I'm just, I'm just, did they ever really explain why they want to try this? Because there's never, as far as I can remember, the first two movies, it was never a big concern about them being separated from the humans. Uh, no, but I think it, just, it was just Marty, like, from the last movie when we came up and and she's been, she's the one who's been integrating there, realizing how they're not different, and she probably wants to show the whole world that experience. Um, okay. Also, it but, would make her being accepted as a witch better and easier. Yeah. But I have a great quote from this movie that it, this was within like the first like five minutes. It perfectly sums up my thoughts on it. Uh, Marnie goes, "Wait, what's going on? What did I say?" And this was like when she was like in confirmation she could do this, and I was just like, "Thank you, you're summarizing my thoughts because I don't know what's happening." Why was Finn Whitrock in this? Thank you. That was one of my notes. <laughs> Finn Whitrock is has been like the. He's been in a lot of stuff for, like, the past, like, several years, and is a very good actor. And, like, here, he just looks like a mini version of himself. <laughs> Remember, like, a year ago, he was rumored to be cast as Nightwing? That was Green Lantern. He was rumored for numerous things. He, oh, he was cast as Guy Gardner. Yeah, that's what I thought. But he was rumored for Nightwing for a while, too. Um, right, right, right. He's He has a superhero look to him. But I will say this movie didn't use him that much. I like that he wasn't a dick in the movie. And I like I'm it. glad they didn't I'm glad they didn't make him like the secret bad guy, um like they no. did in the last one. And they did it twice over, didn't they? Uh yeah. Yeah, cuz her her weird goblin friend in the first one was also working for a bad guy. So she keeps making friends with the wrong guys. <laughs> well, no, that that sort of happens here also. How is he working for the bad guy here? No, 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 not him, but another one of her friends uh, is secretly yeah, working for the bad guy. <laughs> but to be fair, she doesn't know any, any of them that well. <laughs> She's not trying to talk to them at all. Yeah. Also, that that was another note of mine. Uh, Ryan from High School Musical is in this, uh-huh. uh, same as uh, same as uh, Chelsea. Um, Wait, and Chelsea, Chelsea too? Yeah, the, the girl that um, did like all the music stuff. Um, she was the troll. What? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. You just don't recognize her because she's not wearing glasses. <laughs> what? No, Josh. It's because I haven't seen High School Musical in like over a decade. Ah, well, you need well, you need to change that. It's on our list of movies. I'm aware. We'll get to it in a few years. But uh, Ryan, we never see what kind of monster he is. We see what everyone else is. He's the only one that we don't see what he is. I think he's like a warlock. Like his his dad is also magic. Oh, well, that's boring. God damn it. <laughs> I like that in the real world, there's evil that will chase out monsters, these, these knights. Um, so if you bring the monsters in the real world, it's dangerous for them. But of course, the knights actually were an actual myth for these monsters, and not a real thing, or they were long past gone because they've not been seen for, for 4,000 years. So... The mean bad guy of the Halloween Town world who's plotting against this whole school trip. Uh, he's also not like introduced to like the last like ten minutes. He's in the whole. He's in the council. Oh, he was on the council. He's the lead of the council. <laughs> what? Josh, he was in every scene of the council. The, the man with the four arms was the lead of the council. He was still on the council. Sorry. I've looked. This either my brain is just dumb. I mean, that's not up for debate there. But like, I feel like that some stuff could have been explained a little bit better. Were you paying one. attention in the movie? I was. 
The only time I was on my phone was to take notes. <laughs> but anyway, the knights, so they're an actual myth, or they were gone for thousands of years, so there's not actually a real knight danger. So the bad guy tasks this principal of school to pretend to be a knight. Or or he well, maybe, maybe he no, wasn't he's, actual. No, he, uh, his ancestors right. were um, knights. So he gets them to actually uh, pretend to hunt them down and all that stuff. Um, and what I think was really funny about that, actually wearing knight armor around at places, like in a mall. <laughs> I was confused get, by that. This is suit up in it. You get this movie in night? I, I, it's, to, to me, it was the most boring because we're stuck in the real world. And just, I don't know, again, it could have been me. I didn't think enough was explained well, and just it just didn't seem interesting. We've seen this kind of story done a million times in a million different things, and this didn't add anything, and it didn't make it interesting. And I know, it's a decom, but, like, the first two still had some creativity and something different about them. This one just is the most generic See, to me. And being called Halloween Town High, I thought she was going to high school in Halloween Town. At least there, we could have had a lot of creativity and a lot of different things. But no, it's normal high school. I think this is not a Halloween Town movie. It's mistitled. It has very little to do with the other two movies. It, but I think it works well as a standalone film for a D, for a decom here. I don't know. There's, I mean, yeah, there's going to be fun stuff that some kids will like, but like. When you're when you're told you're watching a movie called Halloween Town High and like this is what you get, I feel like that if I was a kid, I'd be like, that's kind of boring. I said it's misnamed, Josh. <laughs> I know, but like it's still the the creativity of this one just wasn't there like it was with the other ones. And then of course the ending just being what it is. Oh yeah, describe the ending. There's a carnival and stuff, a uh, fall festival. There, there there's a Halloween party happening at the school, haunted houses and stuff. Uh, I will say the it was funny for the Halloween Town kids to for their haunted house to just be them, just be normal and be like, look at what uh, troll like you know a picnic, just like more, more about like facts and stuff like that rather than trying I to like scare. That. I thought that was funny. Trying to rewrite history in a positive way for their people. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, but something something happens. Uh, magic Man walks through his portal, takes away the magic of Marnie and the grandma. Oh and then yeah, reveals the reveals stakes. everyone's. So, huh? the stakes in the movie. So, there are no stakes. No, that's what I'm talking You just mentioned the stakes. The whole thing is, if if uh, Marnie fails to get this, this test running, she, she accidentally bets the magic of her whole family on this working. So, if she fails, her whole family loses her magic. Which is funny, because it doesn't really seem the most dire of things. <laughs> it would be to her grandma. Yeah, but then at the end, they just they say magic spell and take their magic back. So, like, really... Yeah. What did they lose? I feel like in the realm of magic, if your magic is taken away from you, you should not have the ability to take it back. I feel like someone has to give it back to you. Also, there shouldn't be a spell that one dude can do to just take your magic away. It's This is weird because there, there is some clever uh, jokes in writing in this. There's when they go to the school for the first time and the grandma is meeting the principal. He says, uh, you're all from Canada, right? And the grandma looks down her hand. There's a cartoonishly big note just says Canada on it. <laughs> and I died. I thought that was so funny. I really, really loved um, how that's not how teaching works in the movie. This grandma is a kind of sub-teacher at the school. She just keeps switching departments every, like, ten minutes. I'm like, that's not how you can, you can't do that. What are you doing? I mean, if you're a sub, I mean, it makes sense. Right, but she is not, she's technically, like, an exchange person. Like, I said, she should have come in 
with a subject to teach. Look, it's the early 2000s. I don't know what to tell you. Magic is being done more openly now in this movie. Marty, yeah, Marty it, just missed it's just pumpkin. trying to hide it, but also not. <laughs> At least Finn Whitrock was smart. Yeah, and... he was just like, okay, something something weird's going on. And then when he go, when he's going to give her flowers, <laughs> the mom just knocks him out with magic, which I thought was really funny. Also, he's persistent, but not in a creepy way. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. Like, it's, it's a nice high school uh, romance. Yes. That was nice to see. Uh, the brother... I think he's just gay. He... I think he's gay. <laughs> they, they keep making it worse each movie. I feel like he's just racist against Halloween Townians by this point. Halloween Townians? Yes. Halloween. Just, he still looks like a nerd. He still is just the worst. And yet they try to give him like this romance. And then at the end, he's just like, I can't. No, you're, you're too ugly for me. But then also she's like, you're too ugly for me. He's just like, so I guess this works. Let's be friends. It's weird. I stand by him being gay, though. Um, they've tried to give him love interest now numerous times of women. And it's never felt right for him. Uh, I'm, I mean, he... we'll find out in the final film, Return to Halloween Town. No, he won't. It's early Disney. <laughs> you never know, man. Disney's first know. gay character. <laughs> Well, they probably have been doing it for way longer than we think they've been doing it. Okay. Final thoughts on this movie, Josh. Anything you want to say? Uh, Do you think I've... it's a it's a bop or a flop? Is it a skip or a trip? Wait, uh, what? Is it a skip what? or a yes, watch it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the, the flop on this one. Um, and I will say that this film canonically makes their mom into Michael Myers because there's a quote that says the boogeyman has a thing for mom and if you've seen the Halloween movies you know that Michael Myers is the boogeyman uh, so confirmed crossover between Halloween Town and the Halloween series unrelated in the very first movie the the young sister was the one who was magical and Marnie was the one who was struggling in the second one they abandoned that in this one. He completely abandoned it. The sister's back in this one. She doesn't do a thing. Yeah, the second one and this one, they switched it completely. So the little sister is almost non-existent, and Marty is magical now. For Even though the first one went against that so cleverly and did that well. Yeah, so that makes me more curious about the fourth one. Like, if she's going to be in it at all by this point. Because I think she had, like, three lines in this movie. No, that point she's dead. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's news! News? About two weeks of news. We last recorded on October 16th, the day before my birthday, so I've I've aged since then. We've a, all aged A whole since year then. in two Crazy. weeks. Crazy. I also haven't got a cold since then. I'm getting over it, so I apologize for any sniffling or anything like that. I'm I'm trying to be better. Where can I start with the news, Josh? With your favorite thing in the world, Avatar, the way of water. Oh, Joyous day. It officially has a runtime of three hours and ten minutes from the Hollywood Reporter. That's what he said. Uh, I'm not against long movies, but like, I'm against this long movie in particular. I don't like the first movie, and that one was already close to three hours. I don't know if I can do it for another 20 plus minutes. You don't have to. You don't have to see it. I'm going to see it. You know I'm going to see it. I'll, but I'll be seeing it angrily. <laughs> Josh hate watches everything. Uh, Not everything. Some things, though. 
Nay. Too long. Uh, no, because it's been five hours, Cameron. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, on. you talk about people being able to binge watch a whole eight-hour show in one sitting. Why is your movie not eight hours long, huh? Also, we can pause those, Cameron. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, be it's because we're lazy. That's why. That has to be it. Hey, Josh. Mm -hmm. It's your favorite segment of all time, Ezra Talk. Uh, Ezra Talk. I love me some Ezra Talk. <laughs> oh, for the past many months How now. Many months, if not over a year. No, it's, it's, it was like July or May. Sorry. It was around May when we started talking about Ezra Miller um, in a non-positive way. <laughs> Ezra Miller pleads not guilty to felony burglary. Again, this is important, not because it's, it's not just actor drama, it's because they're the star of the Flash film, and it will affect the DCEU, or no, sorry, DCU, going forward, and we'll get to that soon, too. Ezra Miller pleads not guilty to fel felony burglary, and Ezra Miller could face up to 26 years in prison and $2,000 in fines if convicted. Good. My god, if, if they're convicted, that would be insane. Uh, they're going to, to court virtually. So, well, they already did. They went to their court hearing October 17th. Hey, it's my birthday. Virtually at, at a superior court hearing. Wow, a superior court. And now they pled not guilty, and we'll see where that goes. But there's no way they're going to be able to avoid this in the marketing for The Flash. At this point, they can't. If they're found guilty at the end, uh, Ezra's just going to be like, gotta run. It just runs out of the room. <laughs> they're saying, gotta blast. Shoot I mean, for they, the stars uh, and buy candy bars. <laughs> I mean, could certainly be that way too. Jimmy Neutron, Ezra, get help. Uh, yay? <laughs> I don't know how to word that one. We I, have to give a yay or nay on all of these. I'm going to give it a yay. Because I want justice to be done. Yay, yeah, sure, yay. You know what I mean? We give, I, I guess. Welcome new audiences to the podcast where we're chaotic and weird, and we give everything a yay or nay, because usually it's about art, and art is subjective. But this is objectively a confusing way to respond, so yay yeah. indeed. Christmas time is not oh. here. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho, ho. We have two Christmas newses. When another thing is that's holiday Christmassy later on in my Marvel roundup, but we got a trailer for the A Christmas Story sequel. Uh, it's a teaser, and it looks fine. I hate the title, so nay. Yes, because A Christmas Story Two technically already exists as a straight to DVD movie. Wait, it does. This one Yes. Why? Straight to DVD? I don't know. Uh, we're, we'll never talk about it. Um, but this is the true sequel to A Christmas Story. The original Ralphie actor is back. I don't know who else is back. But this one has to be called A Christmas Story colon Christmas. I love that uh, the engineer from Iron Man is Ralphie. I think it's very funny. He helped design Parf. Sort of. Help sort design, of. Help design Mysterio version of Barf. Uh, the trailer is not super exciting either. I mean, it's a teaser. I mean, what else was it going to be? Also, it's a like coming-of-age comedy drama, so 
Well, he's going to be a dad now. I think that's what they're going for. Right, but what's this? Is it going to be a coming-of-age comedy drama for his, for his kids? Is it going to be a, uh, I can't get home for Christmas in time, I'm at the office kind of story? What's it going to be? We'll find out. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. Uh, November 17th on HBO Max. You can watch it. We also got another trailer. Teaser. This one, I'm going to watch on the reaction. Right now. I'm live reacting to the Santa Clauses teaser. Live reacting to a trailer during a podcast is the best with way to no react. audio, with no audio on it. So we'll see how it goes. E- even better. We got uh, reindeer. <laughs> oh, cookies! Oh, that we got that classic fireplace being formed out of nowhere, just defying matter and physics. We got Tim Allen being too old for this role. Um, attacked by a bottle. That's crazy. A woman's yelling, saying, probably, who are you? But and he says, I'm Santa. I'm reading lips here. Uh, this looks like a show. I'm, I'm, oh, magic meter's going down. He has to flop down with a bag. Oh, he fell. I'm doing great at this, Josh. You're I'm, doing fantastic. I'm, I'm meant for reacting. There's a ball, an Oculus. That looks like, oh, that's cool. Someone's yelling at Santa Claus. That's rude to them. Is that a son? Is it, how old is their son in, in universe? When does this take place? I'm imagining present day, so probably in his 30s now. Isn't it, yeah, something with Charlie. But w- Tim Allen shouldn't be aging. Neither should his wife. I mean, his wife does not look that much different from the last time we saw her. No. Tim has aged a lot. <laughs> yeah. This looks... Nay. I don't care. I don't think it should be a show. That's my problem with it. The The premise of it is fine, but it's a premise for a movie. I don't know how they're going to be no. able to stretch this into a show. It's a nay, because he should be murdered. <laughs> That's how the next Santa Claus comes about in this universe. It's a devil inside you. It's a demon. It's a parasite. And then once <laughs> you kill someone, it transfers it onto you. It's how the, do we know he doesn't die at the end of this? It's the what if, de- he comes to the re- what if he comes to the realization the only way for a true Santa Claus to form is if he has to die? And we so have he makes his, his son push him off the roof. We have his wife murder him to become Santa. No, what, what poetic justice it would be if Charlie pushes him off the roof, he did, and then he puts on the coat and becomes the next Santa. He did say he wanted to work in the family business as Santa Claus when he was a kid. Exactly. So okay. he has to murder his father. <laughs> You've not seen Smile yet, but it's just the demon from Smile. It's got to go inside you. It's got to parasite you. you got to become Santa Claus forever. It's not your choice. It changed his personality in the first one. It changed his appearance. It be it was no longer Scott Calvin. He was Santa Claus. I don't care. Uh, the first three are fun. No, they're all fun. <laughs> not Some in the best. legitimately, some not. I'll get a mop. My favorite line in that trilogy. Because the delivery of Martin Short's hilarious. When I went and saw um, Steve Martin and Martin Short's uh, comedy show, they were talking about, they were like riffing on each other's uh, career, and Steve, Steve Martin said something really funny about Martin Short being in Santa Claus 3. I don't remember what the joke was, but my guy was so funny. Percy Jackson. That's a thing. We're getting a new book, Josh. So then, does it take place after the sequel series? No, before that one. We, uh, so I guess it's bridging the gap between the two. Of them. I think so. Maybe because I know in because I know in the sequel series, like Percy has like disappeared um, and people don't know where he is. And then in the second book, he has like amnesia or from, this is from my memory. All right, 
Alright, I read the first book. I'm going to read the next one soon. Uh, yay! I like books. Yeah. Yeah! Pretty. News that you're going to hate, Josh. Oh, great. That I am indifferent toward. Netflix says it's committed to binge releases. They will not switch to re- weekly releases. Look, binging something is fine. I don't have a problem with the idea of binging. I have a problem with Netflix being idiots. I think it can work both ways. I think that they... Huh. By by not releasing their shows week to week and just dumping it all at once, they're basically saying like, okay, Twitter, it's on you now. If you don't spread the word enough and people don't watch it enough, then we will cancel it after like two weeks. But... If they, you know, actually released it week to week, that would give, you know, much a much bigger opportunity for people to discover the show before it ends, get to talk about it more, and give it even more press over a longer period of the time. I think that that works better for known properties. That works at Disney Plus shows because it's a built-in audience. Like, for instance, Stranger Things Season 1. If that was week to week, no one would be watching it because no one had, it was not heard of yet. That's why I did it. That's why I did binge release models because they had the whole first season and if you could, you could test out a few episodes to see if you liked it. Well, I think that's, I think that's a bad. I don't think that's the right way of thinking about it, though, because, because yeah, if it's something new, like people don't know about it, but if people like start talking about, it, hey, this new show is out, and like you know, they put out these episodes each week, like you should check it out and watch it. They can watch the first episode if they don't like it, and they don't have to keep up with it. But like you dump it all at once, and like you know, you don't your chances of people discovering it and liking it are slim. Like there was that show, First Kill, that came out back in during the summer. Like, people watched it, people loved it, but it wasn't enough for Netflix to say, you know, give it the green light. After, like, two weeks, they cancel it. That's true. I retract my statement. This one I don't really care about. I know... I, I, it depends for me more on the actual show itself, I think. For what I care more about, being binge or there, not. There's just a lot of really good shows that have come out on Netflix um, over the past several years that got canceled because of the binge release platform. It wasn't because, like, you know, the show was bad. Um, it was just because because of the binge not enough people watched it immediately and that's that's the thing with netflix is like you have to the shows have to get a certain amount of view time or whatever it is during a certain period of time when it first comes out and if it doesn't reach that goal then they cancel it because in their eyes they're just like well not enough people are watching it it's not like over a long period of time it's literally like within the first few weeks star wars who first thing up let's talk about it a new movie so, Charmaine Oboy Chinoy will direct uh, Damon Lindelof's secret Star Wars film. I think Damon Lindelof is a writer, right? So, yes, yeah, so if, if you want an idea of how good of a writer he is, watch either, you know, the first few seasons of Lost or watch HBO's Watchmen, and you'll understand. Um, and the director, she recently directed um, some episodes of Miss Marvel. I don't know how many episodes, but that was the most recent thing she did, so I'm excited. Give me Sith Jar Jar or no deal. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, yay. I like Star Wars movies happening. Me too. I want more of them. I have gone on record on this podcasting before, no more Star Wars for a few years. I'm attracting it for this one movie right now. So, yay. Our, our statements mean everything until they mean nothing. Oh, yeah. Don't think what we say in this, in this show too seriously, because we forget what we say, and then we go back on it. <laughs> I forget what I say on a daily basis. <laughs> I've told Josh giant plans. He'll forget in a week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yay. But more Star Wars news! More? Do you want more? Sure. Do you like Ahsoka? 
she's a character I'm familiar with. I haven't watched the Clone Wars though to become familiar with her though. Well, she's getting her own show, as you know. Yes. Uh, she's going to be a warrior in her show. Ooh. It's gonna be very heavy on martial art, like kind of fighting. I think, like with lightsabers. I, I think that this is a really smart idea because, like, some stuff like Mandalorian being like a Western type show, um, Boba Fett being a sort of gangster type show. And now to get an actual like samurai type show in a series that was heavily inspired by samurai films, I feel like it's kind of a no brainer. So I'm very curious to see what they do with this. Yay. I like cool action. Me too. Yaddle. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bryce Dallas Howard will confirm she will voice Yaddle in Tales of the Jedi, which is a new show. It's yeah. a, it's a um, short anthology right. series. Yeah. I. I knew it wasn't a movie. I was looking for the word anthology. My brain stopped working, so I just went with the show. Bryce Dallas Howard voice Yaddle, uh, who is a the same species that Yoda and Grogu is. Are, yay. Um, and this character talks normally, as everyone keeps pointing out. Now Josh <laughs> is under the belief that Yoda is just a kooky little guy and makes it up on the spot. <laughs> oh, I, fu- I fully believe this. I will die in this hill. I don't care if there's a Star Wars canon that explains otherwise. I don't care. It's funnier to me this way. It is fully explained in canon why Yoda talks the way he does. It's the way ancient Jedi has talked when Yoda was around to hear that speak, and that's how he grew up talking in the dialect of older Jedi. Uh, but he's lived past that time, and Jedi stopped talking like that. And so when new Jedi are born, they talk in a more normal way. However... This is still funny, and he's a kooky little guy. Bryce Dallas Howard uh, being Yaddle? Cool. I don't know anything I like about Yaddle. Her, I like her slowly taking over Star Wars. Well, not taking over, but like being like, look at how good I am as a director. I'm going to take over some acting, too. We have other Disney Plus-related news, Josh. Really? Doctor Hua. What? Hua. So, Doctor Who, which we just had a giant Doctor Who event, has just happened. Um, I thought they... Well, no, it's happening. Not, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, where we had numerous doctors coming back. Also, the new doctor's name is pronounced Chutigatwa. Okay. We and I found out how to pronounce it. Wonderful. Yeah, but from now on, Doctor Who will stream exclusively on Disney Plus everywhere except the UK and Ireland, beginning in late 2023. Nay. So, nay. Nay. Oh. Nay. Get it off of Disney Plus. It feels wrong. <laughs> no, well, no. It's, well, it's either Disney Plus or HBO Max. HBO Max feels better. I don't know. It's just the energy of the Doctor. I've, I wouldn't trust HBO Max to have anything right now. But I don't want... Huh. They've already, look, they've already destroyed, literally destroyed Doctor Who episodes before in the past. I feel like that we shouldn't let them hold on to it during their current state. Okay, fine. I'm still giving it a nay. It feels weird to me. I can't explain it. Disney just is not right for the Doctor. I've only seen one episode, so my opinion on this doesn't matter. But you... I did. (laughs) The Doctor was weird, and I liked it. He watched Eccleston's first episode. We met Rose, Rose Tyler, and her, yeah. her, her boyfriend, who is not my favorite character. Uh, we have other Disney-related news. A quote from CEO Bob Shapak. He said he does not believe animation is for adults. 
He said, when adults put their kids to bed at night after watching an animated film, they're probably not going to tune in to another animated movie. They want something for them. I hate the way he said this. Does he not understand that their entire empire is built on their animation, not just because of kids, but also because of adults? Adults are the ones buying the stuff. You have They're the ones with the money. The children do not have the money. It's even like Disney World. It's adults who are paying for a lot of this stuff. Like, Okay, even more than that, animation is not a genre. Animation is not a genre. I'll keep saying it. It's not is, a... Is an art form. It's a medium. It's like saying books are not for adults. It's like, no. And, and, and animation is not inherently children's things. Bojack Horseman is not for kids. There is There are countless shows and movies that are animated that are made for adults. Like... It's not just a form that only kids watch or only kids can watch. This is a backwards way of thinking, and I don't know why he thinks like this. Also, a lot of animated things aren't even targeted towards one demographic. It's like, just there happen to be made in the form of animation, and whoever wants to watch it can watch it. There are so many Pixar movies that are not inherently made for kids, but aren't inherently made for adults. <laughs> no, Pixar's general rule is they're not kids' movies, but they're movies that kids can watch. It's... It's they're made so for adults. They're also literally remaking their ch- animated, quote-unquote, children's films into live-action films that, again, kids can watch, but also adults can watch. If it was only for kids, I don't think he would do this. So his way of thinking is stupid. It's dumb. I don't like this. Big nay. Big nay. Big nay. He's Big... also just made a bunch of stupid decisions since he became CEO, but so I'm nay overall. Like, you really want to tell me that Spirit Away is not for adults? to enjoy or like Kubo and the Two Strings or even Wally is for adults to enjoy that only animation only for kids so that means that Sausage Party that means that kids can watch that other news Josh news Nikiatu Jusu who I actually had as a college professor twice now she's incredible she directed a film uh, which won the the Grand Jury Award at Sundance, Nanny, she is now, which is huge, she is now directing a Night of the Living Dead sequel, which is a little bit confusing because we already have sequels. Um, I think it'll probably be the same kind of thing as, like, the Halloween sequels. Another true sequel! But I'm excited for this to watch Jusu do amazing things. She is an incredible person, a very talented director and filmmaker, and she's already taught me so much of what I know. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Also, I like spooky stuff. Spooky's fun. Also, I could go off for a long time about how it's so important we have a black filmmaker leading this film because of what happened and how amazing the first one did to advance um, black artists. Because, like, the first one was not intended to have a black lead. It was intended to have a white lead written for a white part. So, at the time, most horror writing was racist when it came to black actors. And at this point, it was not because the black actor was basically playing a part that was meant for a white man because the best person got the job, and he did an incredible job. And so it undid so many racist tropes and helped further uh, black artists in cinema so much. Yee. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. He's my he's my backup yee guy. Yee. Not to be confused with Kanye, a.k.a. Yee, because fuck you, Kanye West. You've done terrible things right now. Stop being anti-Semitic. Don't do that. DC Roundup time, Josh. 
Black Adam happened. Do we want to give our opinions on it? No. Uh, we don't. Have, we, don't have, we don't have time bad. for it. It's fine. If if you think this is the movie to save the DCEU, I'm sorry, but the DCEU was doing fine before this. Yeah, the DCEU was already. We will say back on track for every movie that does well, and the past like five or six movies have all done well. It's so like, what do you mean? It's been on on track for a long time now. Uh, but it's only back on track now because of that end credit scene, which means that uh, that that film is totally going to happen within the next like two years. We swear, guys, it's totally going to happen. We'll get to that. First part of the DC roundup of that is DC's Black Adam opens to sixty-seven million dollars at the box office, the highest ever solo opening for Dwayne Johnson for anything. So far, Black Adam has made one hundred sixty-six million worldwide. Walter Hamada has left the, being the head of DC Films. And we'll get to why in a second. I mean, plan-wise, we'll get to why, or what happened after that fact. Walter Hamada left as the head of DC Films, uh, which is great news. I'm so happy about that. With that, we also got the formation of DC Studios, like Marvel Studios is under Disney, DC Studios now is, is under WB, and we'll see how that goes. I say it very tentatively. But DC Studios is the head of now DC Animation, films, and TV, they are overseeing all of this under one kind of umbrella studio now. Which is probably a good thing, right? Like, in, that part yes. alone, in theory, is good. Of in, th- in theory, yes, but they still have so many things that aren't part of one universe that are all doing its own thing still. I love that we constantly have so many things that just, like, how badly, like, DC's been run, and Marvel is just like, they're doing good? Yeah, they're doing good. Cool. DC Studios was formed... And with that, they have two new co-CEOs of Peter Safran and James Gunn. Peter Safran is a producer who has worked on things like Aquaman and a lot of horror films, as well as he's worked on The Suicide Squad as a producer as well. James Gunn, as you all know, is a director. He's mostly known now as a director of The Suicide Squad, uh, Guardians 1 and 2, Guardians Holiday Special, as well as um, the new Peacemaker show that happened. And... So he'll do the creative side, and Peter will do the business side of the company as two CEOs. And I think that's I think that's a good way of dividing it. And they are two halves of Kevin Feige. <laughs> uh, Josh, you go first on your yay or nay. I give this a yay. James Gunn is a is one of the few uh, writing directors of comic book movies that genuinely cares about the characters in the worlds that he's made them in. And he puts in the effort to like do the research and do the time to figure out like, you know, the history and all this other stuff of comic book characters, but also figure out how to make hit, take his own spin on it. So I think that producing like other people's works, he's going to want to find the people that genuinely care about these characters and want to help. And he'll want to build up this world to make it seem whole and make it seem like it's working. And then, uh, Peter, as the business side, I'm looking at all the films he's produced. They've all generally have been pretty good, or at least done like pretty decent at the box office. So I, he's got a good mind and head about him about how to go about this kind of stuff. Okay. So that's my take. I think that this is. Uh, I think it's smart to divide it between two people. I agree with that part. I don't. I'm not convinced on the the two we have, uh, mostly because of one of them. I have not been. Uh, shy about saying that I'm not a big fan of James Gunn's style, usually. But he will put his best foot forward and try his absolute damn best to make us a good and fun universe of films to watch. I believe that fully. 
And I do believe that he'll be probably directing fewer films during this time of the DCU now. It's no longer DCEU, it's DCU, which I don't like either, because DC Universe does not imply DC Film Universe. I mean, it's better than the Spunk. Okay, I don't love his style. I love Guardians 1. Guardians 2 is eh to me. The, Su- the Suicide Squad, I thought was good, but I hated the style of a lot of it. That's just how I am. I do like Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. Uh, he wrote those. Okay. After Guardians 3, there's nothing that um, he's scheduled for as director. Right, I think he'll be putting a lot of time into this, which is great. And I think it's good news overall. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Also, it's yay. It's good we have him on board. I give it yay. Henry Cavill is back as Superman and the most joyful he's ever been. Which is the natural progression of the arc we've seen in the movies. I will say that he is meant to be happy at this point. Yeah, like, but I've seen people spread. being... I've seen people on Twitter be like, this is a betrayal of the character. I'm just like, then you don't actually care about the character. And then you didn't watch also either version of Justice League where he's happy. Like, yes, he starts out, like, mad, but that's just because he doesn't know what's happening. And then he's just like, oh, wait a second, I like being alive. (laughs) That part I'm okay with. I think that this is messy. It's all messy. We have three or four now disconnected universes of movies and shows and stuff. Or more than that. None of it makes coherent sense. And I think that doing this as a DCEU, pretty much phase one going forward right now, doesn't make sense if you're building on what we already have. Well, okay, Dwayne Johnson is the one that said this is phase one. No one else has said this. That That's the thing that worries me about it with the new heads is that they're going to be constantly clashing with uh, Dwayne over this kind of stuff. Because they're going to want to try to build up this universe from what already is there. Dwayne's like, no, 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 no. Like, this, this is centered around me. This is about what I want to do, and right. that's going to cause problems. I also don't like that Henry Cavill's back for the other reason of in universe, in Superman universe, in the Justice League universe, the Justice League as a team has been around now for five years. In universe. And we have no idea what anything we're doing, what's happened to any of them. We have lost so much time with the Superman those past five years, not knowing a single thing that's happened. Unless they pick up, they should pick up what happened last. Because also, we, we missed three years also from Man of Steel to BVS. There's just so much missing chunks of time. What's Batman been up to for five years? Or Superman? Or the Joker? Or, you know, Cyborg? Any of them? Yeah, and that's I, that's what Marvel has done well. While DC has been very quick to just be like, here's like all this insane stuff that's all happening in this world. It already all exists. We're, we're not going to, you know, build up to it, like, you know, ease you into it. It's just like, here it is. Accept it. Which I'm fine with. But... On the flip side of that, we don't have a coherent sense of time in the slightest. No. We don't know what's been happening in this world. None of that. Um, and I would really rather have me. that than have all this insane stuff already happening. It really irks me because, like, I don't. We've had the Superman now for ten years. We've and seen him three times. Seen him, yeah. <laughs> and it, we've seen the silhouette two other times in Shazam and in uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. But also, again, in Black Adam, spoilers, I guess, but it's now fully announced everywhere. But, like, even with, like, Black Adam, we don't know exactly when it takes place. No! Because also, also, this show ignores the canon of Shazam, um, ignores Black Adam's backstory stuff and that, it ignores what happens in Peacemaker, or it could just say that Peacemaker takes place after that. Um, maybe, like, maybe this takes place in, like, 2015. We have no idea. 
because this this universe does not establish when anything is post Justice League. Also, the the picture that Henry Cavill posted is the Man of Steel suit, which I know in universe is supposed to be the exact same suit in BVS. It's just made slight tweaks, but I mean, like it's a throwback. So, like, is this like 2014 then? Like, I don't we don't know when any of this stuff takes place. Missing chunks of time of these characters, it's not interesting anymore. That's why we keep saying to just hit the restart button on it, because it's gone on for so long, but it's been so messy that you can't keep track or follow what's been happening. The real question I have is, what are they going to do about the Snyder Cut? Are they going to say that it's canon? Because with how that ends, you still could say it's canon. Yeah. The only difference would be the black suit, but like I don't think he's never going to keep that forever. So Yeah. Yeah, that's what it should be, is that that, that should be the canon version. And we move forward, because we have Ben Affleck back as well in Aquaman 2. Everyone is coming back besides Ezra, which we'll see. And I guess Ray Fisher, but again, we'll see. maybe that could change now. Yeah. That should change now. We should have Ray Fisher back as Cyborg going forward. I, I hope that's something that um, James Gunn and Peter are working on. The Henry Cavill thing. It's a nay for me, solely because he's been playing Superman now, technically for 10 years, but also has had really three roles. And we've been missing yeah. five years after that point, where the Justice League has been an active team doing things, and they keep being referenced in other projects. But we never see anything. Right, and like the JSA exists, which is a precursor to the Justice League, and now like they're an active team. But, it, yeah, even like the JSA in Black Adam, we don't get any info about how long they've been here for, what exactly has the team been like before. We just know that Hawkman and Fade have worked together before. That's all we get. We should have a fresh start now. I stand by the Batman should be our Iron Man one. I know you just disagree with me, Josh, but I think that should be a fresh start, the Batman going forward. It's not going to happen anymore. It's been very much confirmed it's not going to happen. Yeah. We do have two other small news about this before we move past to our Marvel Roundup. HBO Max's Green Lantern show is being redeveloped. The series will now focus on Jon Stewart. It was originally set to focus on various Lanterns, including Alan Scott and Guy Gardner. They are no longer the focus. So, sorry if it went rock from Halloween Town 3. <laughs> Guess not for you. That's from The Hollywood Reporter. Probably with them reworking this, this could be um, actually trying to connect it to the DC uh, universe now. And they, with that, we could get Wayne T. Carr as Jon Stewart in it. It absolutely could. I think it should, this should be a way to introduce Lantern Corps because that'd be a good way to help springboard that whole, universe, that whole intergalactic stuff in a little bit sooner and easier. Yeah, because like, we've already gotten space stuff, but again, it's been iffy, to say the least. We got Zod, Josh, and a giant star. What do you mean? <laughs> Look, sh- introducing Zod, fine. I got no problems with it. Then you jump to Suicide Squad, and there's a giant star demon just like possessing things. I'm like, okay, we need a bit of a bridge here. The last piece of DC news is that the Batman 2 will not release in theaters until 2025 at the earliest. That's from Variety. I mean, that makes sense. They're still uh, writing the film currently. Right, and 2023 is like two months, so that that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, finish writing it, do all the other pre-production stuff, start shooting it post. Like, timeline-wise, it makes sense. Marvel Roundup time, Josh. Marvel, we our, Marvel. We did our DC Roundup. Now it's time for all the Marvel news of the two past two weeks. The other night, Wakanda Forever had their premiere, and everyone was loving it, pretty much. So that's great. That excites me a lot. I'm very everything I've heard about it is exactly kind of what I wanted to hear from this movie and something that I also saw recently 
uh, that someone pointed out was just like if a Marvel trailer ends like you know on a more serious note instead of a on like a joke, then the film overall is going to be more serious. You noticed it with the Quantum Mania trailer, both Wakanda Forever trailers like had no jokes from what I can remember, um, and from what I've heard about Wakanda Forever, it's a very serious film. So that has me very excited. Indeed, uh, this looks so good, and I'm so excited for it. Everything I've heard is that it honors Chadwick very well, as well as it uh, promotes the Wakanda like legacy very well as well. Very well as well? Yep. Yay. Yay. We also got the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, where they capture <laughs> Kevin Bacon. That, I'm very excited for this. Just a fun Christmas special with Drax and Mantis trying to kidnap Kevin See, Bacon to make Star-Lord happy. <laughs> that's the thing. You just said Christmas special. That's what it is. It's not a holiday special. It's only Christmas. They're not focusing on Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or anything else happening. I've seen some Jewish creators be upset by this, actually, because, like, oh, you said holiday. It's asking me about all the holiday time. Nope, just Christmas. So it should have been named that instead in the first place, but overall looks really fun still. Is Groot practical in this one? I don't know. I don't he like his look. looks practical. I don't like the look. I don't like it at all. I, he still looks like a baby, but a big baby. <laughs> He does. He's, he's almost. He's almost an adult. I think in Guardians Three, he'll be like a fully grown adult. No, I, I know, but I'm saying he should look like an, like the first one, the movie number one. At least he looked like, you know, half menacing, half cute. They've been trying to make him look cute ever since then, but I want comic Groot who looks spiky and scary and weird. That's what I want. Give him those weird little red circles in him too. You know what I mean? They look fun. Yeah. Yeah. Give him. Sp- I want Spiky Groot. So nay, because this trailer. We don't have Spiky Groot. Uh, I give yay for practical Groot. Is it practical? No, we don't know. He looks really practical. He's so on time. He budgets well. He's very practical. <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. We got a poster. First off, looks really cool. Yes. I, I am upset we didn't get. I wanted uh, um, a sequel poster to the first two posters because it's, it's sort of that no hold on in ant-man one you know it's just a white canvas with just a tiny dot it says ant-man yeah and number two we have ant-man the wasp two dots add a third dot of kang in the microverse in the quantum realm well i mean you wouldn't really be able to tell it that well it would make more sense if it was like cassie either way add a third dot there's a third ant <laughs> we got stature now Look, yeah. we still got the ant size trailer, so everything is fine. That was very funny. Uh, great poster, though. It's really cool. And on the Ant-Man 3 trailer, Josh. Oh, yay on the poster? Yeah. Yeah. Yay. The trailer, though. People keep comparing this to Spy Kids 3D. I guess coloring of the costumes, but, like, what do you want them to do? Actually go to the Quantum Realm? I get it. CGI. It's going to have a film, CGI camp. in the Quantum Realm? Yeah. They... they they're making up a made-up world. It's going to look a little weird. It's going to look a little off. So sorry. And, and again, if you freeze an image from something and you take the time to look at it, it's not going to look real if it's not in motion. The whole point of composition of a movie is that it's not composition of an image. It's composition of the motion. I feel and... like people keep needing this explained to them every time a Marvel trailer comes out or when a movie releases and they don't seem to understand it. And it annoys me. It makes me very happy to see the Quantum Realm is a weird-looking world. 
not just like in like the design of it but like also like all the creatures and people and stuff like that are varied and different i'm very happy with that it looks fun there's a weird guy with like a weird lamp head that's pretty fun we have adult cassie who's been recast for again kind of no reason but other than that it looks really fun and i am enjoying this i hate the new costumes it's just over design i i'm fine with it because i can actually see color in them now they were okay hold on they Ant Man's costume. Go back costume. and watch Ant uh, Man. Yes, had right. Go back and watch Ant Man and the Wasp. You cannot see yellow in her suit no, at all. No, I agree. Oh, I can see a little. It's it's like a gold sheen. That's it. I understand that. But I mean, the actual design though is just over designed to hell. I and think it's fine. One of the most simple costumes ever in comics is over designed so much. I, I I don't have problems with it. Uh, it looks fun though. Last episode, I talked to you about how this version of Kang Boy is a warrior variant, and now we get to see how cool he looks in his final Kang suit we see. Looks great. Yes. Are you excited? I expect, I expect this film to end on a really dark and depressing note. I don't know what that would be, but if we're setting up Seeker Wars, it's gotta end that way if we're introducing Kang in this one. They kill Hope's parents. They kill both uh, Janet and Hank. I could see them doing that. I could see them killing, killing Scott. Hope. I could see them killing Cassie and just leaving Scott by himself. I don't know. I want dark and depressing. And I'm not going to be mad if it doesn't, but I think it would be cool. Cool. It looks really fun. I'm excited for it. I give you A. On to our next Marvel Roundup, we got Vision Quest. Wanda made a sex robot come to life, and now he's trying to discover, does he want to be human and sex robot or just mindless sex Now robot? he's a white man. He is white now. Um, Vision Quest is in the works at Marvel Studios. Um, a writer's room is currently being assembled for the series. They'll be assembled next week, apparently. But cool. It's him trying to regain essentially his soul, trying to regain his memories and his life and understand who he is. Uh, which, Perfect. <laughs> cool. I love that. And also, we might get more Elizabeth Olsen, so that's fun. I'm by with this. Yay. So, William Jackson Harper is confirmed to be in a secret role in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. Uh, he has been my number one fan cast for Reed Richards for like six years now. Please let him be Reed Richards and have Ryan Perea from uh, fucking Nope be Johnny Storm. That's no, no, no. Here's, here's, what, here's what we do. Um, he's, he's Reed Richards, Kristen Bell is Sue Storm, Manny Jacinto is Johnny Storm, and Ted Danson is the thing. Josh, Ted Danson is not Jewish. How dare you? I'm saying this is the perfect ca- way to get all the good plays cast I understand together. what you're saying. But no, honestly, William Jackson Harper would be a fantastic Reed Richards, and he would fit into this so much. Because um, if you don't know, Kang and uh, Reed are also related, like descendants of each other. Like, they're not close related. That's Wait, fun- really? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> um, also, it could be explained why Fantastic Four has been gone. We could have them stuck in the quantum realm for a long time. They could have been trapped. We could have had Reed go in there to discover something. There's a lot of explanations that could have happened. It could have been like, hey, we can't we can't defeat Kang. We need to find his closest living relative. <laughs> a lot of different variety of how you could do that. But please let him be Reed Richards. Please. If they're keeping it secret and they're not saying who he is, it's got to be a big role. It's not going to be a secret cameo like John Krasinski was in Multiverse of Madness, because that one was, you know, just a rumor. There was no confirmation. But this is a confirmation, which means that it's not just going to be a throwaway kind of thing. And our last news... Oh, so yay on this 
him being in anything is really fun to me. He's fantastic. Yes, yay. Also, if you do not think he can play a superhero, watch The Good Place. He is jacked. The man is ripped. <laughs> Ending the news of the Marvel stuff on a spookier note, Josh. Ooh. Venom 3. Uh, <laughs> I told you yesterday that the director is changing and it's not going to be uh, Andy Serkis this time. It's going to Damn be it. Kelly Marcel. She is set to direct Venom 3. Uh, are you familiar with her at all, Josh? She wrote the first two Venom movies. Yes, she did. She also worked on Fifty Shades of Grey and Saving Mr. Banks. I, you know what? Fine. Give give me what you got. I'm so curious. I started rewatching Let There Be Carnage last night. My God, what an amazing film! It is so much fun. Purposefully, I love it. It's great. So like, keep the insanity going for the third one. I think it's fine. But I had fun with you all watching it. That's all our news. Crazy. Moving on to Halloween ends after this quick break. Do-do-do-do. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So everyone, we are back to talk about the movie that is Halloween Ends. So, Ooh. Josh loved it, right? Genuinely, I think it's great. I rewatched it maybe a week or so ago, something like that. And it really, it really held up. I will say, the marketing of this movie did mislead many people. So if you were in this movie expecting some like, two-hour-long showdown between Laurie and Michael, this is not a spoiler at all, because it's in the first minute you'll figure this out. Uh, that's not this movie. It's also kind of on you for expecting a whole, like, slasher film to be just the two of them fighting. 
Because, like, that's never been the case in any of these. I do not know what my thoughts are on this movie. Still. I don't think it's bad. I don't know if it's good. I am somewhere in the middle right now. I, on the hour, I'll change my mind if it's amazing or terrible or somewhere in between. Well, so, here, here's for any of you Halloween fans that are mad at this um, and say it betrays the original. Um, the man that created it said it was good and he really liked what they did with it and thought that it was interesting. So, um, yeah, no, you're wrong. And he has trashed his own sequels before. Yes. So he is not going to hold back on what he thinks about a movie. He literally never has. <laughs> uh, so I'm fine with that. Non-spoilers first. We have the timestamps down below, as I always put down below, so you can skip ahead if you want to avoid certain things. But non-spoilers first. Uh, we start with a guy named Corey, who killed a kid by accident. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, kind of messed up his life. Again, this, this is the first scene, by the way. I'm not. This is not a spoiler. Yeah. If you want to go completely blind, then maybe skip past this entire thing and go to the end of the episode and come back later. But yeah, Corey killed a kid. <laughs> Whoops. Ooh, because this kid played a very bad prank on this boy. That does not make it sound better. Uh, Josh, explain. Uh, Cor- Corey from Corey in the House. Nope. Not Corey from Corey in the House. Nope. <laughs> um, he uh, accidentally kills a kid uh, a year after the whole Michael Myers killings. Uh, flash forward then to present day. Uh, Lori seems to be living her life well. Uh, things seem to be going well. Same with her granddaughter. But then Michael Myers is still out there somewhere. But people have kind of given up on it, looking for him. But with all the bad stuff still happening in the town, people are just like, we need like some kind of scapegoat or something like that. Cause they, you know, want Michael Myers dead, but no one knows where he is. Uh, enter Corey. He's just not doing great. Uh, since the whole, you know, kid killing thing, uh, things start to keep going awry for him and everything. They start going up, then they start going down quickly. Uh, Michael Myers, uh, starts to appear his face again. People start dying for things. And then, you know, big showdown. Spooky times. Spooky time. Indeed. We had fun watching this. I will say that no matter what. I watched this on the 16th, the day we recorded our last podcast, actually. And yep. it was the time. We had people taking pictures in front of us in the seats. Literally flash I, photography. I almost got kicked out for trying to tell them to stop, which yep. is fun. Even though John, I work at a movie theater, which he, I think is the most ironic thing. He is a supervisor at the company of where we were at. <laughs> So like, just a bit, a whole big ironic thing, which I find very funny. And you can prove it by pulling up your phone if you wanted to. I'm going to say, for the hell of it, to be contrarian, nay. I don't know if I even agree with that. I'm just saying it to be contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some good things like this movie. I really, really liked the overall production design and costume design of everything. Like everything I liked the look of this film. And I said in the theater to you, after the movie was done, of course, that I said to you, I think the director did a better job directing this one than the last last one, at least. Like, you could tell the directing felt really good. Yeah, you you can definitely see the difference between the second one and this one. The first one, it was very clear through, through and through of the direction. But Kills kind of felt like that they didn't really know what to do for that one. But then this one, it became clear again for them. 
I will say this is kind of these movies, this trilogy feels kind of like mimicking the response that people had to Halloween one, two, and three. The first people loved it, and it felt a very true kind of good sequel to the first one. Um, Halloween two, I know people are very mixed on like original Halloween two because it, it if it was a lot of gratuitous killing in that movie. And people were not a huge fan of that. And then Halloween Kills had a lot of gratuitous killing. People were not always a big fan of that. And then Halloween 3, because it was always meant to be an anthology in the first place, they went back to the idea, and Michael Myers isn't even really in it. And in this one, Michael Myers isn't in it that much. It's meant to, it's kind of, it's kind of replicates that same idea. Yeah, I thought the approach that they took with this one was very interesting. Not all what I expected from it, but it was honestly a really welcome change of pace for me. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I'm not the biggest fan of slashers. I don't think they're bad. I have nothing against them. But for me, horror-wise, they're just not for me. Now, of course, I like um, Halloween 2018. I like the Scream movies. Like, there's slashers that I like and I think are good. But especially with kills, I kind of came to the realization, like, it's just not entertaining for me just to see this big hooded man just go around just stabbing people repeatedly and then the movie just ends. Like, to me, it's not scary, and it's not interesting narrative-wise. So for this to kind of go against that completely and do something very different, I was just like, welcome change of pace. We'd love to see it. I will say this. I had a great time watching this guy named Corey lose his fucking mind. Yes. <laughs> it it was a lot. Uh, he went crazy. The The progression of it worked really well. And I wanted the movies to dive more into the supernatural stuff. Like, the previous one kind of touched on a bit of how... And then Kills, and then 2018. We all know Michael can, can survive, like, pretty much anything. We know that. It's been established in almost all the movies. Um, and I like the idea that he is... I've always had the belief that he is a demon. He is, like, from hell. He is not... He really is the boogeyman in some way. And I would have liked to touch on a little more. It's kind of, there's some kind of implied stuff here, though, with that. There's a lot of implied stuff, especially on rewatch. Um, when the eyes, Cor- for sure. Yeah, there's there's a thing with the eyes, but then like when he takes his first kill again, you can see like he's like struggling at first, but then like as like you know the life is being drained from him, you can kind of see the life coming back into Michael. I guess we're in spoilers already. This is kind of it's hard to not spoil this movie without talking about the plot. Yeah, like the marketing hides a lot from it, and it makes sense as to why. So I guess we. At this point, if you haven't seen it, then I, whatever. Spoilers. It's on TikTok and it's still in theaters. Spoilers now. So sorry. I know we're like seven minutes into our discussion, but we usually wait longer. But spoiler time. Oh, well. Okay, yes. I really liked when Corey... You actually missed this scene because you went, to the, you went out during this one moment. But Corey... Well, I mean, I saw it again. That's true. That's right. Corey, when he, he threw himself... Uh, he, was, he, got, he fell off the bridge. He was tossed over by, by marching band kids. <laughs> that's that's the one thing in this movie I have a gripe with is that they try to make marching band kids seem like uh just like cool jocks and it doesn't work. No, but it's very funny. Yes. He finds this sewer pipe, which isn't really a sewer. It looks like a, a fucking dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> like how this isn't how sewers work, bud. Oh well. And so they went in there and they had a, a jolly good time. He found Michael Myers. <laughs> yep. So, people kept wondering why he survived Michael Myers' attack. Well, he did watch a body get dragged in it, which is also terrifying. How has Michael been surviving? That's never explained. I wanted it to be touched on. 
Well, I think, like, similar to your idea of him being, like, some kind of demon or something like that, I don't really think that he needs to eat or drink to survive. And if he does, then he's just been eating rats and sewer water. Or people. That, too. That's I prefer I not to think about that. <laughs> so I definitely got some weird vibes from my boy Michael Myers here. Um, this movie. What do you mean, now? <laughs> no, I mean about the maybe eating people. Not not just now, Josh. He's always been a little... The vibes have always been off. Just a little bit. But Corey goes into the sewer pipe and is like, hey, it's my boy Michael. That's not, that's not exactly how it went down. But he went in there and he survives. And he thought miraculously. He thought they were buddies now. Which they kind of are later a little tiny bit for a few moments. So this is kind of what I got from it. There was an interview that the director was um, was giving, talking about it. Um, he was kind of relaying this to the to another John Carpenter movie, uh, Christine, about the demon car that kills people. And that, from what I from what I've learned, is that the car forms some kind of like connection to the main character, like learns their thoughts and like all this stuff, and learns about like you know being they're being bullied. So that's when the car takes vengeance out on the bullies and stuff. That's a very similar thing to what happens to Michael in this, is that he kind of sees into Corey's mind as to, like, what happened to him, um, and so that's when he lets him go, as he sees what he's been through, and that's, but Corey also kind of took something from Michael as well, kind of like that urge and desire, kind of like, or maybe Michael sort of gave him his urge and desire to kill. I, I think that Michael Myers also feeds off of trauma. Uh, yeah. similarly to how Vecna does or Smile or It Follows, stuff like that. And I think that in this movie, just my interpretation, the reason that Michael Myers can, is okay is because he is the ultimate evil. But the reason that Corey also uh, could beat him in a fight is because he also became the ultimate evil. And, they be, and at that point, they're evenly matched on that part of it, and so he's just fighting an 80-year-old man. <laughs> that part <too. laughs> Um, like that's that's what happened. Like they both became the same amount of ultimate evil. Like that, that whatever that curse, whatever the demon, whatever it is, he also Corey also ended up embracing that and becoming that. Um, so it, there was no longer the barrier of Michael being able to slash him as as easily because he's that outmatchedness is not there anymore. That's why because I know people complaining. He defeated Michael Myers. Yeah, he's like ninety years old. <laughs> he's so yeah, old. Like he's, he's he's an old guy. Um. But that's that's also kind of why I like the the film not giving answers to a lot of stuff is especially with this one kind of leaving it up to interpretation as to certain things. I I prefer it sometimes when that happens. It gives you enough context clues to form some kind of idea, but it never says like one idea is the correct idea for it. It does not make sense though why Michael Myers in the end even fought Laurie in this movie. It makes no sense because of one thing. Michael Myers only ever wanted to go home. That's literally it. He slashed people on the way home. In the first, in, in the first ones, all he wanted to do was to go home. In eighteen, all he wanted to do was to go home. And then, uh, fake Loomis, whatever, started like he he's the one who brought him to Lori. Like he tried to because he thought it was what they're about. Yeah, um, the movies have been uh, these movies have been like this. Literally, is not at all what has been the vibe between the two of them. Lori believes that's because she has been, PTSD. From, yeah, Michael is just there. He's just killing. He just wants to go home. And in this movie, I, that's why I'm confused on why he did go to Laurie's house. Because that doesn't make well, sense. Well, he went He went to Laurie's house because that's where he was following Corey because Corey stole the mask from him. And Michael does that's not right. like it when his mask that, is taken. That's true. Him. That's true. Never mind. It's, 
And so the two of them fighting, it's just, it was there. Like, Lori was the one that kind of initiated the attack. Yeah. Uh, that was also, her fake suicide scene was so well done. Very well done. I loved Every, that. Everything Jamie Lee Curtis did in this one was fantastic. In I the would, whole series. I did not buy Allison, is her name? Is, her, is that character's name, Allison? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did not buy her and Corey relationship for even a second. It never made sense. Uh, he said to her, I kill people. Next, cut to them making out montage, dancing around. It's like, what? Hold on. Back up. <laughs> I think I think that she thought that he was still talking about the kid. I think that's why. Also, you still don't believe your grandma about stuff? You still? I feel like, I feel like at this point, you should. <laughs> like, she was right in 2018. And 2019. Like, she was right about everything that happened. And why do you... Okay, that was that was a weird vibe to me. Uh, there's a lot of, like, conflicting, like, family and relationship stuff that didn't need to be there. It didn't really make sense. I think that Corey's mom was a weird thing that happened. Why did she kiss him on the lips? Well, I think that was just another thing to build on top of his insanity was that, because with that, it's kind of been implied that, like, he's been dealing with this for his whole life. Right. It, I agree. Um... It was just some weird vibes going on. I don't this movie. I don't know, man. I I literally in my head. I'm praising it and tearing it down at the same time. And I don't know how. I, tell me what your favorite part of this movie is, so I can maybe get behind that. Uh, that's a great question. Because Josh and I were more on board to go on Halloween Kills. Of it being eh, it's yeah, fun, but not in the right way. Right. Um. Obviously, the the final scene, I thought that was done really well. Um, I'm trying to think of one specific. I just really liked um, seeing Corey's downfall. I thought that was the most interesting part to me. And when when like that was happening, I was just like, oh, this is really interesting. Not at all what I expected. And just kind of it's not like a team up with Michael Myers. It's just kind of like he's there and like he helps him kill like one person seeing that but then Corey being like i want to understand i want to know why i want to know how and kind of learning from michael in that sense and he's discovering himself more but he's not discovering himself. the way that he should be yeah evil dies tonight and i will say evil did die tonight it is an ending it is an ending for what? at least this series until they reboot well, it again give it like five years but whether you like it or not it isn't a definitive ending and i'm glad it has a definitive ending while jamie the curtis is still around as well because last series is keep bringing things back again and loose ends when one of the main actors no longer is around. Um, I they really destroyed Michael's body. Yeah, they were just like <laughs> he's dead. He's not dead enough. <laughs> you know what? Yay for a garbage compactor. Yay for garbage compactor. That's what the movie's a yay now because that one reason. There we go. I changed my mind. Perfect. I am yay. So, I'm so flip floppy today, but it's fine. Uh okay. I can get behind what you said. I really, really, really think this town is stupid. <laughs> well, that that was another thing I noticed on the rewatch um, was the idea of because Michael isn't around, but he still is, and like all this bad stuff still is still happening there. They kind of want a reason to to find as a person to p pinpoint this all on. They don't right. want it to be. Like one that's a multitude of different things because we started to see that in the in kills of uh, them going again, um, being like that that mental patient that's Michael Myers we need to get him wasn't at all the case but like just to see the whole town like rile up against that 
and it's an idea that's further put into this and and they put it onto Corey when you know the kid killing happens and so then Corey's kind of just like find it i'll be their scapegoat i will literally become the next michael myers then if that'll appease them i don't think you know yeah an idea like that i think it's also very funny when halloween kills or halloween yeah i was like he's been terrorizing this town for 40 years no he wasn't not in this timeline (laughs) no he was not he was locked away for 40 years and now he's been around for five years, and some hijinks are happening because he's he's taking people in his little sewer grate. You know, it would be more fun him, him in the sewers hanging with the turtles. <laughs> to see to see the turtles try to just like hang out with Michael Myers. They try to offer him pizza, and he just keeps staring at them. I think I could beat Michael Myers. Want to know why, Josh? Why? I just walk slightly faster. Ah, uh, he. Not, he, not a bad method. He can only teleport if he's not in view. <laughs> As we've seen. As we've seen, he will teleport if we can't see him. Right. Because the way his body moves, or he just really runs really fast for the round when he's not in view. <laughs> if he's in view, he shuffles. He moves so weirdly. Well, again, he's an old man. He's missing some fingers. He's been hit on the head a lot with a lot of different sticks. I thought they were actually going to put Lori's hand in the garbage dis- uh, disposal. I thought it was going yeah, to but happen. Yeah, but then she couldn't have killed him as effectively. It would have been grosser. Yeah. This movie also, for a lot of time, spared a lot of gore. Compared yeah, there there are killings in it, but like they're not as gory as they once have been. Like Halloween, there, there is one uh, killing yes. that's pretty gory. Yes, but Halloween Kills uh, showed a really. Lot. It kind of went overboard in in a lot of areas, but I think that was also kind of the point. Right, like I said earlier, it, these mirrored the the Halloween one twenty three. Um, yeah, I think uh, if anything, we have learned that uh, writer Danny McBride has a very big appreciation for the first three Halloween films. <laughs> I, yeah, you Hello? know what, Josh, you know what, I think Lori needs to move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if Allison moves away at the end of this, I feel like that she should go with Frank somewhere. Just go go take a vacation with Frank. Be- become happy. I also like that this movie shows the aftermath of that night in 2018 a bit. Yeah, that like people that like while Laurie is like, you know, being like my life has gotten better. Life hasn't gotten better for a lot of people. There's a lot still a lot of losses that night. Cause after that house burned down the end of twenty eighteen, Michael got back up and again and slaughtered the whole town pretty much. So ah, people died. <laughs> like people were talking about how someone's husband is in a coma because of you. It's like that's not because of Lori. People cannot be blaming Lori Strode for this. There, there was kind of a part of me that wanted it to be revealed that Lori caused the bus crash um, in the first movie. Like she wanted him to break out so she would be able to kill him. I think um, that's too much. No, I know, I know it would have been too much, but I feel like that could have been an interesting avenue for them to explore. Uh, just that, but I think it was probably like the doctor that caused the bus to crash in or the first one. It could also just crash by happenstance. Nah, there has to be a reason. It's his magic demon energy that did it. Oh, it's good. I, I want to watch Halloween 2018 and then Kills and then this in a in a, in a sitting. Actually, that sounds like bad for my brain, but <laughs> I think this movie is a good movie to watch around Halloween, though. Yes, it's got good Halloween vibes. The first one, lacking on the Halloween vibes. The fact that in the, the first dead kid, in the beginning, that Corey accidentally, he manslaughtered. 
Um, I can't believe the parents weren't there. I can't believe he had a babysit a, the, the one year after. That's yeah. dumb. That's very dumb. This but town I mean, is stupid. We, okay, but let's be real here. As we've seen with humanity for the past few years, where are idiots when it comes to just basic safety? I'm surprised Lori didn't move. Like, how Nev Campbell moved in Scream series. I mean, I, it could just still be, like, an urge or a desire, like, to finish him off. And she's just kind of waiting. Like, she may, she may not say, but it could be deep down inside of her. Yeah. Any major thoughts, Josh? Uh, I really like this. I know a lot of people didn't. I like it for the reasons that they don't like it. Um, to say that this is a bad movie, I think is wrong because I don't think it is. You could say like it's a bad Halloween movie by like your standards, or a bad Halloween, or like a bad slasher movie by your standards. That's one thing. But to say it's just a bad movie in general, I feel like does a disservice to you know the good acting, writing, and directing in it. I don't think it's like well, one of the greatest horror movies ever made. To but, be like, fair, I, those are your opinions still. Like other people can have a valid. No, I know it's I know it's my opinion still, <laughs> but like. I, people are just being like, it's the one of the worst things ever written. Let's petition it to decanize and all this stuff. I'm like, can you all just watch Scream 5 and see what you're doing, please? I think if you absolutely, absolutely love the first Halloween movie, this is not the movie for you. No, you will hate this movie. <laughs> but if you're someone like me and don't like the original Halloween movie, then you will probably like this one. Or maybe you just don't like the Halloween movies. I don't know. He knows how to drive, but like... What books are he is he reading to dr- learn how to drive? Also, how does he know how to read? He was put in jail when he was like five. Yeah, he's had a weird life. Maybe that's just the problem. He just doesn't know how to talk to people, and he, he only knows no, he's just horny and wants to kill. Oh, I don't know why he was put in prison in the first place. Yeah, he killed his sister. That's bad. But like, why was he put in prison? I no, don't know. No, no, I mean like he should have been treated better. Like, he's a child. Maybe it's all all a commentary on the prison system? Maybe? It could be. No, he's still a demon, I think. So I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he just needs needs a crossover with the Exorcist. Maybe that's... I like the looking in the eyes thing in this movie a lot. Yeah. About, you look in his eyes, what do you you think? And then when the father of the dead child said that the the eyes he looked in were not Corey's eyes, those eyes could have killed my son. Like, I knew Corey couldn't have the one who, who mowed my grass and maybe sat for me. But that kid I saw that day, he could have done it. Like, that's cool. Yeah. And, like, the same thing, like, happens uh, to Lori. Like, the, you know, after he encountered Michael, he came to go visit, um, um, what's her face? Her granddaughter. And, Alice, yeah. And, like, he, uh, not on purpose imitates, but imitates the way Michael, like, first looked at Lori when he was sneaking around in her backyard. And Lori's just like, okay, what's up with this kid? And she starts talking to him, and she's like, something happened between yesterday and today. Something's off. And he's like, you put me to her! You brought me to her! Like, <sighs> you brought us together! And she can take you apart. It's okay. Rip to Allison's parents. Yeah. They didn't deserve to die. No. Especially the mom for what happened. Like, Actually, no, that's more on her than the other one. The dad was just out there. <laughs> yeah, dad was just there, Michael killed, but the mom was just like, we took your mask, aha, we beat you. I have a feeling, I'm going to go up into his house and stare out a window. That'll end well for me. Well, everyone wants to see what he was looking at, because that was the whole thing. It's like, why was he... So he was upset? seeing a street, and he was dazzled by the lights. I give it a yay. I give it 
Yep. I've said my ones. I said my yays and my nays this time. And I'm leaving it for what I said. Bit of both. I'm just, I'll watch it again, but I think I still added to this discussion. I don't think I was a useless person here. <laughs> I, I think don't... it was good to have the two different perspectives on this. One of which is a perspective, the other one is a... I don't know. I mean, but sometimes it, it's reverse for both of us. I talked about things that I thought were good and bad. I gave As thoughts. You I gave opinions. This is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what do you all want to talk about in November? Anything fun? I don't know. You, you got any Thanksgiving-related movies for us to talk about? There's a few of them, surprisingly. Other act- oh, there's Hallmark movies. There's that. There's the animated movie Free Birds with Owen Wilson and Woody Harrelson. I saw that in theaters. That was weird. Our next decom is the girl from Planet Weird. Oh, uh, yeah. So get on watching that, Josh. We have to talk about it next week. Fine. This episode should come out on Halloween or the day after. I uh, hope you all have a great Halloween if you or if you celebrate Halloween. What are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to be Flynn Rider. My girlfriend's going to be Rapunzel. I'm going to be at work. Do, 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 do. Remember, get spooky, be safe, eat candy. Also, if you see someone in Michael Myers' mask, maybe avoid them. Or Just... go give them a high five. Who knows? No, no, no. Oh, where can people find you online? I'm on places. Um, I'm on Elon Musk's Twitter at jnscorevity28. Oh my god, no. uh, Instagram at jnscorevity16. YouTube at Josh Rudolph. Uh, TikTok at uh, Rudy underscore the film nerd. Uh, yeah, I'm on places. I do the things. You can find me on Twitter at the theater nerd. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at that nerd in theater. And also, you can email the show at podgeekspeak at gmail.com or tweet at us with hashtag geekspeakpod or at geekspeakpod on Twitter. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm sorry I have a cold. I don't want to have one, it's almost gone good yay any thoughts for me josh uh no thoughts head empty um eat lots of candy do the spooking well flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.